Welcome to Fire and Water Podcast, coming of age of this age, where we seek to cultivate wise leaders one show at a time. I'm Quanita Robertson, and I'm here with Tennyson Wolf. Tennyson and I today are going to talk about his new book, A Cadence of Despair, Poems and Reflections on Heartbreak, Loss, and Renewal. Hey, Tennyson. Hi. Hi, thank you for that. I'm glad to be in our context of continued thinking, learning, sharing out loud and uh, appreciate being able to use this book as part of, you know, part of the entrance into some of that for today. I feel uh, excited about that and a little nervous about that too. Tennyson, I wanted to um, take some time for us to talk about your book a bit because I think that it connects to the journey that we're on with the participants in Fire and Water. I think it connects to this experience of the coronavirus that we're all having globally. I think it connects to, um, for myself, to my own personal journeys of heartbreak, loss, and renewal. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what the book means to you? Yeah, I can. Uh, Thank you for asking the question. Um, I feel like I've done a fair amount of thinking about some of these things and still learning and experimenting with what or how to say it out loud. I think, um, and and yes, there is a connection to to current context. Um, There's lots of stuff in here that to me maps onto fire and water. There's lots of stuff in here that maps onto coronavirus and uh, maybe the general path as you're naming of heartbreak loss and renewal. Uh, When I wrote this book, which I started in uh, the first part of 2018, I was not imagining any of those things. And if anything, I was following my nose to uh, begin to play with my personal journal material in a way that I haven't done before. I usually journal and then it's sort of, you know, gone. Uh, It either rests in pages of handwritten things or most more frequently in uh, files saved on on my laptop. Uh, But I just started writing Quinita. I was was reading my journal because 2018 was a year in which I felt a, a good old hunk of despair Um, at that time in the beginning of 2018, I didn't have a title and somewhere in the next couple of months, this notion of a cadence of despair sort of grabbed me. I wanted, I liked something about the, you know, the relationship with despair. I liked something about, um, movement with despair, uh, steps with despair, though that sounds a little more concretized than I really mean it. Uh, But I began just reading my journal materials and mostly moving stuff into poems because something in me as a writer or as an artist, artist with words, if you will, I needed to play with some, I wanted to play with some words and I wanted to play with essence. I I wanted to like take a paragraph and put it into four lines. And uh, I I found that uh, when I did all of that, it was... Uh, something was very life-giving in it for me. Something felt very healing in it for me. And most of that was just like, oh, okay, I'm just writing some stuff here. But about three months deep into it, uh, 
it became more apparent to me that there's some material here that maybe could be shared with others. Deeply personal, but connected to the universal. And uh, this, this could be helpful material or, material or disclosure or honesty or vulnerability with other people in their own paths, different context, but their own paths of despair or, you know, mental health kinds of things or depression or the things that accompany those too, like the joys and the excitements and the, you know, the, the discoveries. I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's some initial context. It does. Um, <clears throat> I wonder what your hope for um, people reading your book, um, what it provides for them. You talked, mm -hmm. you just spoke a little bit about kind of on their own journeys, but if you could just say another kind of piece yeah. on that. Yeah, thank you. I, I think there's a key thing here as part of my own learning about coming into a relationship with despair. In other words, it's not a checklist done. It's not an enemy to fight off, though we're all going to do some of that. Um, there's something about developing a relationship, which means lots of things like, you know, developing an ability to notice, to develop an ability to consider a friendship with. Uh, develop an ability to sit and have coffee with uh, the things that we do with people when we're in relationship with one another, I think are, is also true of uh, so much of how we relate to some of these deeper emotional energies or patterns within ourselves. So uh, one of my hopes is that these writings might give a little extra permission or invitation for people to have or develop, grow relationship with their own sense of despair, or maybe the other cousins that go with that, because there's a whole lot that sort of coattail with despair. Uh, shame, grief, pain, loss, um, and including, you know, as is shown in the title here, a little bit around uh, heartbreak and renewal also. So there's the relationship part of it. And then the other thing that I would add is, I think behind all of that, Quanita, is a, uh, a desire to contribute to the longer arc of healing that any of us hum human beings knowingly or sometimes not knowingly get ourselves into. I think there's an intent to invoke and invite some healing even if it just comes from one tiny little snippet of words that, you know, have people thinking about, oh my gosh, that reminds me of blah, 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 blah in my life. If some of those things happen and it points towards a, an arc of healing or awareness or awakeness, wow, that, that, that feels good to me. In all relationships, whether it's with despair or anything else, you know, there's a, an ebb and flow and a growing and a changing. Mm -hmm. So um, where do you see yourself in relationships with despair now? Ooh, boy. <clears throat> what I want to say is we're best friends. Uh, and maybe best friends like have best fights too, though. That, that could be, you know, one part of it. Maybe that's an aspect of good friendships is you can fight well, you know. Um, 
I feel like there's a dynamic that continues in play. I feel like sometimes I am super gentle with myself and others in, you know, what seems to be a relationship with despair. Uh, but if I'm honest with it, I have to name, there are, there are so many gotchas that show up still where I feel like, as I've written actually in the book, I thought I was done with this. I thought, you know, that I'd given this enough attention. And yet here it is again on the doorstep, doing things I don't want it to do on the doorstep, you know? So I, I feel like maybe, maybe within that description lies some of the honesty of what is an ongoing relationship, not a completely done, tucked away, put on the shelf relationship. In the book, um, what arose from the poems that I wrote and that I ended up grouping into some categories, these became the chapters. And I was deliberate along with the help of my friend Rock to sequence the chapters in a way that felt like they honor both the descent that, accom that accompanies despair as well as the ascent or the going down as well as the coming up out of or you know, peaking up out of. So the chapters themselves follow what I hope is a bit of a map that other people would find encouraging to honor both the descent and the ascent. I start with pain and grief and shame and grouped some poems that just seem to be around those uh, and then move into loss. From there, it peaks up a little bit into hints and insights as well as friendships and intimacies that felt helpful and important. And then it drops down again into relationship for me with the, the boy, the inner boy, the younger boy within me, as well as a relationship with suicide or some, some, some of that journey that has been present in my life and those around me. And then it, 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 it picks up from there again into some poems and insights around the simple, uh, you know, lessons learned or things learned, insights gained. And then the last chapter is around birth and new life. You can kind of see a trajectory with that that goes both up and down. Feels like those words need to mean something different here, but you know, it, it, it's not just a, a straight ascent and bypass into everything's okay now. I, I think the journey matters immensely. One of the things that I love about art, whether it's in the form of poetry or visual arts or music, is it's always to me a conversation between the artist and the person who's taking in the art and the art itself. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, you know, is people are, re is, are reading your book and is going to be, you know, um, reading these personal things that you shared. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to feel a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, as a author, like, mm -hmm. what would you hope for those relationships? Whew. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to hope for an overarching quality of friendship or interest or kindness, I think, in general. I know that, uh, I know that some people will probably encounter this writing or these words and feel stirred or charged or, you know, activated in some ways with their own material. So 
uh, I hope for a, a kind of general awakeness or alertness, but also just kind of a, uh, you know, a, a, a patience with those things. Uh, someone along the way, a couple of people along the way, as they were reading my poems, helped to, uh, helped to emphasize how the personal is connected to the universal. And these, this material in this book is clearly very personal for me, but I've also tried to create a context where uh, there's an invitation into how this is personal in others or the universal of that. One of my good friends, Bill Muir, who's also a person that you know, he, he just named it one day for me, the most personal, which is the stuff that we often try to hide the most or disguise or camouflage it turns out is often the most universal, i.e. people everywhere or so many people experience their own versions of this. And even the speaking it out loud somehow creates movement in the direction of something healthy. So I, you know, I hope that people, uh, I hope that people feel with me with the words they read and with the words that they, or images that they prompt in themselves. I, I, I hope it, I hope it, it grows into a kind of friendship. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the book that you wrote because I feel like as your friend, one of the things that I really appreciate about the book and about how you walk through the world is um, just this value you have of learning in public. Mm -hmm. And for me, the book is just evidence of that, of you living that value. Mm -hmm. And so I just appreciate that in you. Is there anything else you would like to share about the book? I'll just say thanks for that. Also, just naming that. Um, I have mostly made choices in my adult life to uh, learn in public, to be willing to learn out loud, to be able, you know, to be willing to think out loud about things not resolved or things that are remain messy and maybe should remain messy also. So um, I appreciate you naming that. and. I think it's one of the things that are missing for a lot of human beings these days. Uh, just being able to say some of where you are without having it all neat and tidy and tucked away in, into some place. I think we, we need to learn to be with each other in more of the, you know, the ongoingness of things. Um, is there anything else that I want to say in relation to this book? Boy, I'm grateful for the support from a lot, a lot of people. Uh, including the Soul Time Men's Group that offered some reflections that are included in here, and a number of people, including yourself, who wrote some kind words and read through, um, read through the book and and uh, offered support in, you know, in heartful and thoughtful, thoughtful ways. Uh, and I'll say that this was, you know, it it took a lot of work for which I'm really grateful for, especially my friend, Rock Garot, who helped to edit and publish and organize and all kinds of things. Um, 
but it was also it was it was it was healing to write it and maybe this is what so many of us are learning as writers whether it be poems or essays or books or artists who write songs and things like that one of my good friends teachers who who was also part of this book in a in a kind words way uh christina baldwin she just said the first gift is that it heals us so when we write things like this it offers a certain internal you know adaptation and uh and i i i felt that i felt that move within me because i let myself write this with gentleness also this was not a crank it out in you know three weeks straight no sleep give me more coffee kind of way um i actually wrote it slowly and it grew itself it's almost like i felt like i planted some seeds and then i waited for a while i would write this primarily on the weekends friday saturdays and sundays and give myself permission to write just three or four poems and then eventually when you've done that for three months well there's quite a few that i've compiled together here um it was christina also who taught me in some of my earlier writing days to be kind to your story and i think something about the pace of writing that way uh it had a kindness in it i hope people oh, i just like i'm glad that people know that that's infused into this book too thank you Tennyson, for sharing your book with us and thanks for listening the audience today and for your support with fire and water in this podcast um our practice of um cultivating wise leaders one um wise, wise leadership excuse me <laughs> um one show at a time can i just do one more thing also sure. like maybe just read one little poem into this and then for those who have interest you can find more on my website and i've also created a little weebly site with a bit more information books available on amazon both in a print format though it's in the coronavirus times it's a delayed delivery for print but it's also available in kindle also um just thinking of yeah yeah i'll do this one it's a poem that actually opens the book and uh it's called sipping soda and i wrote it from an encounter with a friend one day meeting at a at a like little cafe where i think i was learning to uh to dare to disclose more truth of my emotional state and then follow it from there that itself was a step of healing so i'll offer this it's called sipping soda how are you he asked in the coffee shop the commons we each sipped a sparkling soda black cherry in the late afternoon on which yellow daffodils swayed outside in light wind and rain I searched for words that would be honest because I didn't want to miss this moment of old friendship that had us face to face swaying together. And dangerously lonely, I said. And then we sipped more soda together and followed the lonely together. Thanks for inviting me to share and speak a little bit about this Quinita. Thank you.
You can find more information about Tennyson and his book, um, like he said, on Amazon and also at his website, www.tennysonwolf.com. Thanks, Brent. Thank you.